Welcome to Arranging Us with Carventa Collins, the show where Carventa breaks down ideas and views on women's topics in a demystified way. The key is to put things in a neat and suitable sequence to bring out the most satisfactory adjustments in women's lives. This show will enable listeners to affect change, create new awareness, and move right into action while keeping in mind the bigger picture of balancing family life, social life, and last but not least, spiritual life. Now, here's your host, your biopsychosocial life coach, Carvinta Collins. Welcome, my Arranger listeners. Today, we will discuss how sex on the mind affects your emotional state. Now, just a reminder, I am not diagnosing anyone in this session. I am not a doctor, and this session is for informational purposes only. Nothing on this podcast is intended to substitute for treatment provided by a mental health professional. The purpose of my sessions is to assist women in making changes in their lives through supportive guidance. The information I offer is based on my life and work experience. Now, I am going to take this time to say that if you have little children in your presence, Please do not continue to listen until you are comfortable or in an adult space to receive the following information. I'll give you time to do whatever you need to do right now so that the babies can hear this adult conversation. Y'all know I love the babies. Y'all know I love the baby arrangers. So it's not explicit or vulgar, but I just don't want the little ones to get introduced or exposed to this before they need to. This next five-week cycle of sessions will speak on sex and intimacy in the bedroom. Now, let's get to it. Before I jump right into how sex and our psychological needs connect, I want to know Have you ever thought about female sexual behaviors? Do you understand your sexual response cycle? And does your personality majorly affect how you handle yourself in the bedroom? We are going to explore and demystify women's sexuality, behaviors, responses, and individual differences in an informal way while considering one of the five interactive forces, the psychological force, and how we can think of sex and our emotions in a beneficial way. Sexual behavior and intimate relationships are fundamental, and I would like to shed some light on them. I dare to say that some women do not think about their sexual behavior and its connection with their emotional well-being. Your sexual arousal and your sexual stimulating activities should be something that we should enjoy, manage, and see as a blessing and should not become a dysfunction. I understand that as women, we want that emotional connection before having sex with our spouse. That brings our physical intimacy to another level. The way I see us doing that is first 
becoming friends with each other while keeping God the focus. Because if you guys are not good friends, I can see that you probably would not be great lovers. Then, just making out with your spouse during the times you are not in the bedroom? Trust me, I understand that is kind of hard when you have children around and you're not in the mood. But we'll talk about that a little bit later. Also, an especially important one is to learn how to fight. Bring the fruits of the Spirit into your conversations and arguments so that you can have mercy, grace, and compassion on one another, bringing the beauty out of both of you. Let's try to turn our conflict into closeness instead of separation. Try to navigate conflict in a way that feels like both of you are winning. Make it a win for both of you because resentment can choke out your desire for each other. Then please resolve the conflict. And last but not least, talk before sex. Some of these factors can really get to you emotionally. And if we can arrange them in a way to benefit both parties, your sex life can become something you run to and not something you ignore. I found out that if we as women don't feel safe in our marriage or if we don't feel emotionally connected, it's safe to say that we probably will not feel the desire to be sexually vulnerable with him. But let me say that even though you might feel disconnected from your husband, that does not necessarily mean that you have a bad relationship. It just means we have some work to do. Some of us are too busy to nurture our sex life with our spouse because many things like living completely separate lives, having demanding jobs, active kids, needy in-laws, hectic school activities, after school activities, church activities, and every other thing that gets in the way. And the funny thing is that all those things can hinder a healthy emotional state when it comes to getting sexually aroused. With all the things I mentioned above, I just want to pause and mention this because I believe saying it again is crucial and that emotional safety is the defining future of good sex. But don't get me wrong, I know that some of us have dealt with some pain in our marriages that can bring this wedge in between you and your husband. So I am going to try to help you get out of your head and get into your bed. Hello? Hello? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Had to say it three times. Okay, get out of your head and get into your bed. Can I get an amen? <laughs> I am making jokes before it's time. I need to stop. Sissy Giggles shouldn't be out right now. <laughs> but again, I'm going to say it one more time. Get out of your head and get into your bed. Now, I want to talk about how we see ourselves. If you can, look within yourself and say you are beautiful. In today's world, we are surrounded by beauty standards that are just not healthy or even necessary. The Bible says that charm is deceitful and beauty is vain. 
But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. And if you fear the Lord, mm, you will want to do what is pleasing to him. Like when the Bible talks about how the wife does not have authority over her own body, but yields it to her husband. Ooh, ouch, that stings. (laughs) That word authority, (laughs) some women, they do not like that word. So before you turn me off, hear me out. Let me continue the scripture. It says in the same text that in the same way, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but yields it to his wife. So again, as I mentioned before, both of you guys are winning when it comes to God's way. But let's get back to beauty. Some women do not feel beautiful for many reasons. I won't mention them here. But if you talk to some of their husbands, they think their wives are beautiful and wish that they had more confidence or healthy self-esteem that would carry into the bedroom. Because truth be told, they don't care. (laughs) Most husbands will take you in your birthday suit any day, any day. (laughs) Sometimes we can't shut off the public mode or image and turn on the secret or privilege mode. I think getting vulnerable with your husband in secret is extremely hard for some women because we can't shut down the negative emotions or overly thinking about things like the kids can hear me or I need to wash clothes or what should I cook this week? Do I stink? I don't feel like washing these sheets every time. I feel tired. My body aches. He is just not romantic. I got to get up in the morning. I'd rather play games on my phone. My stomach looks like cooked oatmeal. He is not attracted to me. And you can add anything else. Believe me, I heard so many things that women let hinder them being great lovers in the bedroom. We can spend an eternity on it. And I would say some of these I had challenges with, especially overthinking things. That that one, that was my number one to go to. So after my personal account segment, I will give some pointers on how to deal with some of these things. Now let's talk about your emotions. As I explored emotions, I found that there are 27 or more distinct emotions according to News Berkeley EDU. Of course, there are more, but I wanted to use this list of emotions starting with admiration, adoration, appreciation, amusement, anger, anxiety, awe, awkwardness, boredom, calmness, confusion, contempt, craving, disappointment, disgust, empathetic pain, entrancement, envy, excitement, fear, guilt, horror, interest, joy, nostalgia, pride, relief, romance, sadness, satisfaction, sexual desire, surprise, sympathy, and triumph. There are some other similar emotions as well. 
but I just wanted to give you a little just to be able to connect some of these emotions to ourselves and see if you bring any of these in the bedroom or deal with any of these before you enter your bedroom. This can give you an idea of why or how you see your sex life. If you are feeling anger, boredom, fear, sadness, or guilt leading up to sex, it's safe to say that it might not end up a great night. But if you are in awe, adoration, appreciation, joy, romance, or satisfaction, then I see it being a great night. And this ties into how our personality plays a major role in how we handle ourselves in the bedroom too. So are you more dominant or laid back? According to some, there are 11 sex personality types like the decompressor, where sex is all about the stress relief you get from it. They tend to want sex to release. The explorer, they really use it as an adult playground. They experiment and discover new ways to make sex a pleasurable experience. The fair trader, they just want to feel even and want their partner to be satisfied like they are. The giver, they love being able to give to their partner, which makes them enjoy it themselves. The guardian needs sex to feel safe. They need a foundation of trust, security, and connection before they feel any pleasure from it. The passion pursuer, they want sex to feel very intense and just lose their minds with playful energy and flirtatious experiences. The pleasure seeker, they see sex as the pure physical pleasure of the act itself. The prioritizer, they need sex to be a priority that no matter what, sex is on the menu. They feel like being busy or tired should not get in the way of a great evening. The romantic. They want a sexual connection that carries an emotional weight. The spiritualists. They see sex as a higher purpose and a higher level. They believe when you become one and have a covenant with someone, your energy flows with your spouse and they get a kick out of making sure that they don't see it as a casual thing. And the thrill seeker, they love to seek out new and unique ways to bring thrill in their bedroom. I'm fairly sure there are more personalities connected with sex, but I would give you a moment to think about which one I mentioned that you tend to be. Now, WWLTV News gives us what makes sex satisfying for women. And I love that it comes from the psychological perspective. And here's the clip. We are talking about sex this morning, and this time it's all about the ladies. Dr. Eileen Pallas says there are four factors that make sex satisfying for women. And Dr. Pallas also has had some quiz questions for us all morning long, so we'll get to the answers in just a bit. Good Thanks morning. for being here. We've been trying to be mature and have a comfortable conversation because it's important to have conversations like this. It's very easy to speculate on this topic, but I'm, sure. I'm actually going to give you research that was published in the Journal of Sex Research. It was a very large study of women. They asked them what made sex satisfying, and they were able to identify four 
are significant factors that were unanimous across women. Okay, well, let's hear them. The first one is emotional attunement. And emotional attunement is actually number one, the most important thing. Mm. What that is is it's easy communication, it's non-judgmental, harmonious uh, rapport, and mutual trust. These women talked about feeling emotionally safe and secure with their relationships, and they also talked about feeling comfortable with their partner both before, during, and after sex. And I wanted to read you some of the things they said so I don't quote them incorrectly. Okay. We said we talked a lot beforehand. He took that into consideration when having sex. We knew each other for a while, and we connected very well. And sex requires a lot of um, vulnerability and intensity. I trust him. So those are the kind of things that they were saying was the most important factor for them in sex. That makes a lot of sense. The second factor is emotional gratification. What does that mean? This is, this is intimacy and connectedness. It's that feeling that when you're with someone that something happens outside of your body almost. It's larger than yourself and more important than yourself. The sense of fulfillment. Um, they said things like... Um, sex is so involved for me, it's we're really connected, we actually make love. And that there was a gentleness to it, emotional intimacy. Okay. That also makes sense for the ladies. <laughs> also makes sense to me that they want their partner partner to be happy as partner well. Partner gratification was the third most important factor, and that's wanting pleasure and happiness for him as well, mm. so that they're thinking about each other. They also said it can be mutual, that mutual reciprocity of wanting pleasure for each other was important. So they said, we're not just doing it. We're trying to make the other person happy. You actually care. Okay. And then finally... Sensory gratification. That's the obvious one. <laughs> Sen yes. Sensory gratification is about physical pleasure. But what's interesting to me about this was they found that women discussed whole body sensitivity, all kinds of touch, massage, stroking, touching, cuddling, and whether or not they had an orgasm. So the orgasm was not the important factor. Wow. If they had it or didn't have it, that wasn't. This isn't goal-directed. It was about whole body sensory experiences. Very interesting findings. Hopefully some people took notes. And they said touching our bodies better, physically connected, our entire bodies felt like they were melting. Um, not necessarily a function of the behaviors themselves, it's more the way you feel physically during behaviors. All right, let's get to our quiz answers. We've been giving our you viewers questions all now. morning. So the first one is, what is the number one most important factor that the majority of women report makes sex satisfying? Communication. Remember, communication, communication nurturing, intimacy, those are the things that communication was most important with rapport and trust. All right, and then number two, if your partner has erectile dysfunction, women report that sex is less important and less satisfying. Is that true or false? False. No, absolutely not. In fact, it wasn't even mentioned. Wow. <laughs> what was important, remember, was the whole body touching and caressing. We That's ladies are important. very forgiving. Number three, <laughs> reaching orgasm is rated among the top four things that make sex satisfying for women. True or false? Salt, absolutely not. Again, all body touch, all kinds of interaction, being together, massage, touch, connectedness, that's what's important. Okay, well hopefully not this is very helpful to the ladies learning about themselves <laughs> and, and the, the men. men. <laughs> yes, very much so the men. Wow, some good stuff to take away from that news clip. Dr. Eileen Pallas gave fascinating answers to important questions regarding sex and women. And now it's time for Carventa's personal account rundowns, where personal stories are humbly shared. Now, arrangers, sit back, relax, and let's begin. Well, here is part of the show where I sometimes share a personal story of mine or someone else's. I can even sometimes rant about the topic I am speaking on. Okay, sex in a marriage is like a dictionary. If you search it out, 
it can add a lot of meanings to your life. <laughs> Get it? Meanings. Sex have meaning. <laughs> meaning is the joke because dictionary gives you meanings, right? <laughs> You get it? The word meaning. Please get it. Please get it. Please get it. <laughs> oh, oh, everybody loves a good laugh. <laughs> As Proverbs says, a joyful heart is what? <laughs> good medicine. <laughs> okay, for real. <laughs> I want to get a little personal about, you know, Sharing how I started making my life a priority with sex and not a duty. I wanted my sex life to be an invitation to pleasure and not make it something that was a duty to be endured. This mindset created many opportunities for me to explore. And let's just say, I do not regret it at all. I had to start focusing on the process and not the end point because I found that I was led to believe that the end of sex is where the bliss lies. So I made sure that I stopped myself from being eager for the last spark and enjoyed the sparks sparkling through before the grand finale. This gave me the momentum to really capture moments that connected with me on a vulnerable level. Then I started to become more educated and found resources to help me open myself up to new things, new ways, and new great feelings. Some resources I explored were from Morfortel um, on how to succeed in the bedroom. Again, I mentioned this one in a previous episode. The next one that I'm going to mention is Sex Chat for Christian Wives. That one is really, really good. And also, the Bible. By reading the book, Song of Solomon, I know what you think. If you ever read this book, (laughs) but just hear me out. Just give me a moment. Just hear me out. I felt really beautiful during times I've read that book. I was just thinking to myself, If her neck is like an ivory tower, her nose is like the Tower of Lebanon, I would look at myself and say, I know my neck is the bomb. (laughs) Because if her neck is a tower, I just know I look good. (laughs) This was before I found the true meaning, okay? (laughs) Don't judge me on that. (laughs) He was saying her neck is graceful and long and glows like ivory in the sun but i still use these strange metaphors and compare my neck to hers you know boost my (laughs) self-esteem but i am telling you if you want a romance novel read it in the bible i'm telling you it's, it's a little strange but it'll get you there if you know how to read it properly you'll be surprised once you break it down and understand what's going on you'll be like they were in love okay i became immensely intrigued with myself and my sexual k 
capabilities, you know? And I could not wait to try it with my husband. So we became one like over and over and over and over again. I, you know, I just want to make sure I'm respecting my husband <laughs> and not going too deep and too far. But we did, we just became one. And it was just, it was just a beautiful thing. So after some time, I started to notice my own sexual response cycle. Now, when I speak on the sexual response cycle, I am just talking about when I was really in the mood and wanted it more than usual. Or if you want, informally say, when I got horny, you know? And I noticed that my best seasons was, I'm not even gonna say it, but whew, when I found this out, I realized that the time my sex drive was rising, I gave more attention during those times to get myself in the mood. And I became hyper aware and felt in control. So I am telling you ladies, if you want to grab hold of whom you are in the bedroom, exploring, focusing and taking action is the best way to go. I know that for me, it started to become a part of me and not something I had to bring out, you know, when I had to. I just felt more relaxed and ready to be more in tune with my sexual intimacy. So I started setting myself a sex calendar and picked days where I knew I was prepared and ready to explore and enjoy myself. And nothing got between that time unless it was an emergency and it worked out well. I did not need it long because after a while, I would just be ready. But because I had so much on my plate with homeschooling, going to school myself, taking care of the elderly, going to church, taking care of the house, by the time I saw the bed, I felt exhausted. So setting up that time gave me something to look forward to. And I couldn't wait to enjoy the gift God gave us. Yes, it's a gift from God. Now that I have given you my personal account, I hope this gives you some good insight and comfort on taking the reins and improving your sex life. Don't be afraid to get help, resources, support, or counseling. But please, please get excellent professional support. Please do not try to get it from close ones. I say that just to keep the respect and honor in your bedroom. Also, think about setting up a sex date with your husband and talk about your sex life together over dinner, about what you both like, what you both don't like, what you want, like what you wanna add or what you don't wanna add and what keeps you turned on and what doesn't just to make sure that you guys are on the same level when it comes to this topic. You should at least meet once every six months and at the end of the dinner, plan a future weekend trip to celebrate the accomplishments by acting on them. Call it the sex venture. Who knows, that might become one of y'all traditional special days, the sex venture. <laughs> Now, I just want us to leave with an understanding of how we see ourselves sexually. Ladies, overall, I pray that we become comfortable with the body parts that we have, the emotional feelings that we have, 
and the beauty that God gave to us. First, we should think about our emotional state regarding sex. Is it healthy or unhealthy? Then I would like for you to find out what emotions you are bringing into the bedroom from the 27 I mentioned earlier and see what type of personality you are bringing out of the 11 I spoke on as well. Lastly, look up resources. Set up a sex calendar when you have time and get a dinner date going with your spouse that will lead to a sex venture like no other. At this time, I would like to thank my family, friends, and all the women who encourage me every day to be simply me and not overcomplicate who I am. And I have to give a personal shout out and thank you to new arrangers, Rochelle Johnson and Nada Archie. Thank you for becoming an arranger listener by supporting this podcast on Patreon. So a big shout out to you. Thank you so much, ladies, for the support. This is what it is all about, supporting other women who are trying to make a difference. This helps with software equipment, better materials, and other podcasting stuff as well. Again, thank you. If you like how I broke down the psychological force dealing with sex and our minds, please stay tuned for the next episode. I will break down the sociocultural force when it comes to women growing up with different ideas about sex and sexual things. Again, if you have little children in your presence, please do not continue to listen until you are in a comfortable or in an adult space to receive the information. So please become an arranger today. This podcast is growing out of hard work and created with love. You are so much appreciated and I'll see you in the next session. Thank you for listening to Arranging Us with Carvinta Collins. By choosing to spend a portion of your limited time today with your ears and brain space, we hope this session has been beneficial and fruitful. Come back often, and we will appreciate it if you subscribe, share with others, post about it on social media, and rate and review. Please support us on patreon.com forward slash arranging us, or donate on Cash App using cash.app forward slash dollar sign arranging us. And most importantly, visit Carvinta Collins Life Coaching website to book an individual session on a budget at survivingscarsuccessfully.com. Again, the website is survivingscarsuccessfully.com to find extra resources and more products. It's very much appreciated. We humbly thank you for listening and remember to detect, check, affect, and accept what's going on in your life. Have a blessed rest of your day.